Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 195. Can't believe it. that's that's a that's lot a of those. Yep. It's a real number. Uh, August 7th, 2019. My name is Phil. With me as always is uh, Tim and Bill. And uh, we are the three hosts of this incredible uh, audio journey that you're about to embark upon. Uh, this week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, Other Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, The Boys Over It Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Gentlemen, what's cooking? What are we working on? Let's go with Tim Sway this week. Timmy, what are you working on? Um, I am working on, I just finished up that table um, that I was making that was going to fit into like a bay window. It right. turned out really good. I was, I was pretty proud of the finish on it. Um, and I made a, um, I made a, I have a guitar shows coming up. And actually, I, this is one of the things I wanted to say is I have, if, if you're local to me in Connecticut on August 10th and 11th from 11 to 7, there's a thing called the Made in Connecticut Expo. And it's in Naugatuck, Connecticut. It's, um, uh, there's like an, a big, like one of those big halls there in Naugatuck that it's at. So I'm going to be there as News Perspectives Music both August 10th and 11th from 11 to 7 at the Made in Connecticut Expo. And um, I, I'm always modifying and changing my setup for bringing my guitars. And so like, I have this like sort of screen that I made a few weeks ago on the Maslow CNC. It's like a backdrop, mm-hmm. which uh, there's things I like about it, there's things I don't like about it. Um, and then I added, um, I added some hooks to it for so I can actually hang guitars on it. So it holds four guitars as well as um, j- being like sort of a backdrop. And then I wanted another stand I had made a prototype a little while back, but I did, there's some things I didn't like about it. It wasn't very collapsible, and I just threw it together really quick, so it wasn't really nice looking. But I made this like sort of a, a carousel um, that I remade this week, and it's like so it's much better. And I made it so it goes on a, a pretty standard issue musician-friendly speaker stand. They kind of fold. It's like a tripod that folds up, so it goes kind of small, and then you fold it out and you push it up to a certain height. There's pins to select heights, and you can put your you know your PA speaker up there. So there's something like, uh, I could see this being useful to other musicians um, because it would be like a standard setup. Like they have these speaker stands already and so they could put one on their on their stage and then this carousel goes on top of it and it holds six guitars and you can spin it like a clothes rack. Um, so there's a video that. I just put out about that. But what I was really like super proud of and it's almost like my tip for the week and I got the idea and, I, and I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Please email me or message me. You sent me a link a week ago to this video where some guys are making skateboards out of uh, out of buckets, like five-gallon buckets. And I, and I deleted the email, so I didn't know the guy's name, but I remember seeing that and how they're just taking the HTPE and flattening it out. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's that's good to know. It saved you the trouble of melting it. So then I went, the, the, the carousel that I made was all just scrap steel that I had laying around. It was cut off when I made those 125 stools, and I had this piece of round pipe. So the round pipe I had was a little bit bigger than the speaker stand. It was about a tenth of an inch bigger so it worked and it would be fine but it was loose and so it would kind of tilt and wobble a little bit and I wanted to put a bushing in there and I remember this video so I went and I grabbed mm. a, a five gallon bucket I cut a piece out did the math to, to get the diameter you know times pi heated it up with a with a heat gun shoved it inside my carousel top and created a, sleeve, a yeah. HDPE bushing in essence and it fits perfectly tight onto the the stand and it spins perfectly level without going back and forth and it doesn't spin too fast now because it's like got like a little bit of cushion it's just it was it's awesome i was just like so proud of it <laughs> hmm. um I so that's those, my those that's my tip for the day is that those five gallon buckets with a crack in the bottom hang on to them man that plastic can come in handy hmm. might, Love might it. repeat that at the end of the broadcast yeah for the tip section we can do it again yeah there, cross well, that just, off the list. Yeah, doing doing the uh, using that five gallon bucket. It was it was I love it. Used a heat gun, cut it up with the with the table saw. It was uh, brilliant. Gave me a few ideas. 
Yeah, it's um, I was pretty excited about it too. I was like, that was like what saved that because I was making a video of the build, but it was kind of boring. And then when I when I came up with that idea, I was like, oh, now is a worthwhile video to make, you know? Yeah, well, it was, it was cool. Like I said, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself ahead of time. I'll put aside that that knowledge as a reward for me somewhere else along the path. <clears throat> you are butchering it. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to spoil it because we're going to use it, you know, uh, later. The best way to not spoil it is to not have mentioned it at all. But well, anyways, I, I didn't. Uh, You're the one bringing attention to it now. <clears throat> Find Tim. Let's Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you invited him on this podcast all those years ago. Exactly. Let's Tim, skip. this is your fault. Let's skip. Let's skip Bill this week. Phil, what are you up to? <laughs> Good idea. Bill lost his turn. <laughs> I. Uh, that's right. You get it last Forfeit. week. Bill. Don't worry. Forfeit. Yeah, you'll get it last week exactly. Um, I am building a desk for um, a little uh, home office build out that I'm doing, and uh, so I had every time I go to Home Depot or Renault Depot, whatever it is that's where I go to, um, I always go to the uh, sheet goods sort of clearance section where they've got cutoffs and they've got all kinds of like just deeply discounted less than full sheets and uh, there was this nice oak veneered uh, piece of ply and it was pretty big it was like maybe 60 by 30 when I got it and I got it for 10 bucks and I I can't even remember when I bought it maybe a year ago I don't even remember why but you usually don't find things that nice but I found it said 10 bucks on it I said I grabbed it and I just sort of put it in my on my lumber rack for uh, I guess until I was waiting for a project anyways I found one so between uh, that some white oak basically trim that I found I don't remember where I got it from um, but I had like a 10 foot long piece of one by one and a half inch which was perfect to to trim out the plywood and I had uh, still some stair balusters that I'm using as two legs and then the other half, the back half of the desk will float up against the wall and I'll, I'll create a cleat for that. Anyway, so between all of that, the whole desk cost me $10. And uh, the point I'm at right now is that I have uh, I've trimmed out the top and I've with mitered corners and all that stuff. Um, and I just had set it down and of course I needed some, uh, some wood filler to fill in the gaps. And I painted the the stair balusters black. I used uh, matte black spray paint, and the uh, I guess the the railing that's going to go between the, the front and then it'll extend out the back uh, will is also spray painted black. So it'll be sort of like a natural oak top with a black bottom, and I think it'll look pretty cool, hopefully. And uh, the top I'll finish out with some boiled linseed oil, and then after that I'll put some polyacrylic on it. Anyway, so that's what that's where I uh, that's where I'm at on that. Did I do anything else? I don't remember. That's good enough. If I remember, yeah, it, we'll uh, talk about next week. That that color contrast is awesome. That light and dark is going to look really good. Yeah, I think it's going to look cool. And mostly, it's because I didn't want to clean up uh, those stair balusters. They've been sitting in my shed for a couple of years, and they were gross. So I decided just to paint them. Well, they're not yeah, gross. They're probably faded, different colors. Is what you're trying to say? Oh no, they're covered in dirt and spider webs. <laughs> so you didn't need to clean them off. You just just paint right over the spider webs. I mean, like I took the. You know what I mean? Br- I took the compressed air. And, yeah. I took compressed air and I blew off everything I possibly could. Everything else is getting it's just getting painted. Yeah. All right. Not so, my house. It's good enough. <laughs> good enough for a basement office. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing there. Um, hey, uh, if you had to remind me about this week's topic and you do what? Uh, what is the topic again? Uh, so what I was working on is. Um, no, no. We said we were skipping it this week. Yeah, well, I, I really wasn't working on anything, so it's okay if I talk now because that's not really what I'm going to say, but I, but I kind of was working on is I was entertaining. I was entertaining. So check it out. If you said, hey, Bill, what if somebody amazing from Germany came and spent time with you who's not Laura Kampf? Who would you think it was? <sighs> I know somebody, because I like saw the pictures. like 80 million people in that country. Um, let's see if I had to guess. Angela Merkel. <laughs> Well, at Close. first, when, when, when that, this person got out of the car, just at first glance, I was like, Angela? But it wasn't Angela Merkel. No? No. That's weird. Uh, I guess it was Marcus? 
It was Marcus. It was what our a favorite fun game. It was our favorite game that we just played with Marcus. So Marcus right. came by. He was uh, in the area doing his thing because he's a traveler, world extraordinaire traveler, you know. And uh, came by and uh, took Casey and I out to dinner, which was very nice. And uh, we went to the Smoking Pig Barbecue, which is one of our places that we like. Oh. And, that was good. Then um, I'm like, so Marcus, where are you staying? So I don't know. And I'm like, well, you're staying here tonight, then. So he stayed here. And then Casey had to work in the morning. So we got up and went and had breakfast. And then we went to the shooting range. And uh, apparently Marcus doesn't get to shoot a lot, you know, Germany. So that was fun. And uh, then from there, uh, he basically, he was on the road, man. He had to go up to visit a friend of his up by Sacramento. And then from there, he jumped on over to Santa Rosa, went and spent the day with Peter Brown. And then from there, he drove back down to L.A. The guy does not mess around. Wow. Wow, but that's I, a lot of driving. I, I had an amazing time with Marcus. We love him very much. And um, so that's, that's what I was doing. I was playing the great entertainer. And it's amazing because Marcus is, when, every time he comes in and he spends time with me, all he does is compliment the podcast how much he loves it he thinks i'm amazing um he almost well, remembers this is, your name this time this, phil but this is his second language so yeah. <laughs> you also had him hostage at your house yeah well no he he does he, he he loves the podcast and he said to tell you to hello so that's what i'm doing now marcus we love you thank you for all the love and um now phil if you'd like to remember what the uh podcast is i have it written down would you like me yeah. to tell you? Please do. Because I, I feel like you're you're feeling like a little bit of uh, remorse right now from this maker. Okay, so it was Maker's Remorse. Thank you for so eloquently putting it that way. I do have some remorse, certainly about... <laughs> Don't we all? Some, some decisions personnel, we've made. Yep. Some personnel decisions, yes. Yeah. Um, leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so, in all seriousness... Um, this one I was thinking about because I was making this desk today and uh, and I made a decision to, to trim out the desk with some of this oak, I don't know, I guess it's just sort of thin strip or whatever. And, um, and I didn't perfectly align the, the trim with the plywood. I figured, you know what, I'll just sand down that trim. And it's pretty thick, it's like an inch thick trim. Um, and I thought I'll just sand it down until it's flush. Well. I know I what happens. My, yeah, you, know, you, <laughs> you, you burn through the veneer, right? So yeah. you, you got this big, weird yellow spot where wood should be, and uh, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, remorseful for not having spent more time ahead of time to just perfectly align it. It was just frustrating to because big and bulky and like really awkward to sort of hold. So I had like clamps on it, and then I was shooting, um, you know, some brad nails into it to hold it in position, but it. It was off by maybe a 30-second, but it, it was enough that I know if I put my hand down on it, like I'm resting my hands on it on a keyboard, I would feel that right. that edge, and I didn't want that. So I was couple, I took a hand plane of, and flushed it up. Go ahead. So yeah, there's a couple of things you can do. Um, one, make sure that you get that trim thickened correctly before you add the rest of it. But now that you've already sanded out a little bit of a yellow spot, sand yeah. a few more all over the place. Go ahead and make that a feature, just, just because you can actually. It'll look like it's just worn. Try and give it more of a. Uh, you know me. That's how I, I make myself look. That whole weathered yeah. look. So make it look like that. Don't just have or one even just spot do on just there. even just the edges. So it's just uniform around the edge, and the center's nice. You know. Make well. It's going to be the the edges are what's going to be nice, and the center's the plywood, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, just just like sanding the, the veneer edges. off, yeah. just the edge of the plywood, not adding a bunch of random spots like a rusted out car. But just yeah. sanding, just going around the entire edge. Well, it depends and upon how big that yellow spot is. <laughs> it's the left corner. I, I'm thinking I am going to. Uh, I'm the only one who's ever going to see this, so I'm going to leave it there as a permanent reminder to just oh, yeah. be more careful. Yeah, because the rest of it looks really, really good, and so I don't want to. I mean, I could always put like a tea cozy, I guess, over the edge or whatever. So, so how did you mount the trim on the end where it was up too high? So, um, I mean, I'm holding the plywood as though it were my hand ahead, and okay. then so the trim is just a little higher, and then I shot the nails because it's an inch and a half tall and okay. an inch wide, so it's just a little higher than the plywood, and then another, I, that's when it got tacked in. Another thing you could do is flip all of that over 
on a flat, a true flat surface, and I, I think you're working right while flat, you're nailing right? it, and then nail it that way. So where if it's going to have a lip, it's going to be underneath it, or you can even use your handy dandy Craig Killer and attach it that way as well. That would have been a good idea to use pocket holes to attach the trim on, but I don't have a flat surface big enough. The garage this floor, dude. All you need, you don't need a well, but the garage surface. floor is not flat enough. No, not but at you, all. You need all you need is the what is it? Sixty inches, you said. It's like sixty by twenty-four now. Okay, well, all you need is is a space that's flat where those two edges meet. You're not talking about. You're not lining up a giant thing. You're just just that one area. Sixty. Yeah. You can find a flat surface that long just to run some, some. Yeah, you can holes. even use like your. You can even use like your level, for instance. Like so, if you yeah. put the piece of wood on there, you put the level on, so it's half on the trim and half on the. You know, kind of yeah. squeeze it all with your your hand clamp, and then pop a nail in, and then slide the level down, pop a nail in again. Little things like that. that. That is a good point. The challenge here also was that the um that the plywood was not perfectly flat. So oh, yeah. as yeah. as I'm and neither was the trim. So as I'm trying to hold it and clamp it and get it all level and shoot it in, it's working against me the whole time. Right. That's why pocket holes would have been better because you can just yes. you could just Force make it. the two sides you want. Put a pocket hole and go to the next one a few inches down because I I don't have a straight surface in my garage anywhere and I can I can line things up you know it can be done it's just the pocket holes I really wish I had asked you guys about that because that's really smart I should have done that that'd have been super easy to do yeah yeah I mean I've done that several times with plywood where I'm like I'm thinking like oh I can make this happen and sure enough and if you are very very careful with a very small hand plane you can. You can plane it down pretty close without touching the veneer, and then just you know. And then I'll often take a um, I'll take a piece of masking tape and tape the veneer after I've hand planed it down and sand. And I won't use a power sander; I'll use a hand sander, and I'll sand it. If I see the tape starting to come up, I know I'm touching too much of that surface. You know what I mean? Things like that. Mm. And the tape the tape will be a little bit higher, you know. So you kind of do have to sand in the tape, but it's like that's where you start getting into the. You know, by the time you peel the tape off, you're close enough to where you're not really going to feel it too much, and you can probably finish hand sanding it. Right. To, to you know, and then even, like, just putting an extra thick coat of polyurethane on will kind of lever that out, too, you know, that thickness so that, of the tape. So I was thinking that, too, but I don't have that time. Like, I did that with a previous desk where I used it almost as a gap fill. Right. Uh, and it took, like, a week to dry. I what really want to be working on this tomorrow. What about, do you have a hollow core door that you can skin and use that to make a whole new surface on the entire thing? Well, now you're using your noodle. Uh, no. What? No. <laughs> your noodle. That's you showing some like... top ramen, huh? Top shelf top ramen right there. No, I, I'm going to leave it as is. I've got some uh, wood fill drying in it right now to, you know, to fill in some of the, the gaps. And uh, after we get done tonight, I'll give it a nice little sanding up to about uh, 220 lightly. And then I'll put some boiled linseed on it. Hopefully that'll cure and dry by morning, and then I can put some polyacrylic on it, and I can be uh, I can be on it. I can be working on it. Uh, let's say mid morning. Yeah. All to, all to say, uh, uh, good job, man. You, there's a lot of things you learned with this thing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. The pocket hole thing is actually genius. I really, I really, I'm kind of. That's the biggest remorse I'm feeling right now because the pinholes you still have to fill, and but the pocket holes from the other side you don't. It's a lot more work doing the pocket holes, and it is there is the risk of things splitting or whatever with pocket holes. I mean, there's always that risk, you know. Especially going yeah. plywood into a solid wood, but yeah. but it's still but, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it works. You get it done. Yeah, and, and again, they have you're, um, you're working on they the have screws for hardwood though. I don't <laughs> have too many left, but they have screws for hardwood. Well, you can also when you run the pocket hole through. You can mate it, yeah. and then when you see that little hole, then just pre-drill it because you'll have a little mark where that screw's going to go in. Yeah, pre-drill it yeah. just a or smidge, use it. and you won't or use your ice pick and just poke yeah. it. You know, yeah, yeah. anything. Yeah, mm, that is pretty smart. Hmm. Yeah, where um, where were you guys like uh, four hours ago? I don't was know. here. Um, I know. I don't remember. I was in a space time continuum warp. I was actually back in time, but um. It's, it happens. Um, Does it though? I don't know. No. Okay. The the other thing is, I, I guess you're you're rushing, which is like, in my opinion, that's what the Brad nailer is for. Is when you're rushing. <laughs> it yes. Has no other purpose whatsoever. Because like I just finished the table yeah, that I did, and it had um, 
uh, four sides, five sides, I guess. One, two, three, four, five, six sides, technically, because it was like half an octagon, but it went. Um, then there's the the middle going across it, right? Um, okay. So you know they're they're all different sizes, and there's different angles going into them and stuff. And I had the front edge was curved, so I used a half inch thick piece of pine, and it was uh, I was able to just bend it into the curve. And I didn't use any brad nails; I just clamped it all. Um, and just so I would clamp one piece on and I'd wait a couple hours and do something else and then clamp the other piece on. And so you can like, you can kind of like, as soon as that brad nailer comes out is when you, it's because you're rushing and it's when you're not going to check and see if it's flush. It's just like, yeah. it's inevitable. Like, it's just like, oh, just, I'm just going to sand it and brad nail it and sand it and fix it. And, and then, you know, but if you, if you do take the time and again, for this project, it's not worth it. It's your desk, temporary type, semi-temporary, semi-permanent desk in a, in a basement, I personally, I probably wouldn't even bother trimming it, <laughs> you know. But um, and also think but, about the style that you're going to do it in too, because if you go into it thinking that you're going to do a weathered, nicked, you know, distressed looking piece, you can brad nail the heck out of it, right? Right, right. If you, then and, you don't worry about you it, you know. So and that's that's a lot of why I do that type of work is because I can do it fast. If I if I yep. even screw up so bad that I'll dig a gouge right next to that brad hole thing and and leave it there and fill it in with stain so it looks dark and then I, you know I mean so it looks like an old pallet hole or something. You just go right. into it with the right yeah. kind of uh, finish that you're thinking of giving it. I'll, I'll drill like a 7 8 inch hole and shove a drumstick in there and cut it off so there's just a totally different grain of wood going up or something like things like that you know yeah, that is cool like, like a fake or, or like a butterfly I mean I, I do dowels a lot because they're faster you know you just drill and put it in rather than getting on the router right. on doing a butterfly or chisel or whatever but but uh, yeah little things like that or even just like cutting a little rectangle and popping popping another rectangle of wood in there just totally doesn't match there's like you know because if like you're going that. if you're going for that finished look like you should really leave the brad nailer somewhere else in my opinion right yeah. i mean you know it's 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 it just changes your whole mindset i feel like you know that's a good point I, but yeah. the thing for me was that i was very committed i don't know if i mentioned this but i was very committed to using the exact uh, materials that i pulled out for this so right normally i would double up the plywood or i would sort of um frame the plywood by having you know strips on the front the back and then mm -hmm. down the middle and then on both sides, you know what I mean? So you're kind of like sandwiching the uh, the plywood to make it thicker, but only in the sort of the high stress areas, or, I guess, right. you know, that way you sort of cheat on not having to have two of the identical pieces sandwiched together. That's yeah. what I did for a previous desk. And then having like a real nice piece of wood to trim it out, um, which again, I did on a previous desk, the one that's in my uh, electronics workbench. And, and so this material, I was always fighting sort of against what I had on hand and I just sort of had to lean into it and it is what it is but yeah. that's I kind of I both uh, despise that and I love working that way because it really makes me have to just become incredibly creative and problem solve what am I going to do with what I have on hand it's black white and one other color it's the limitations you know it's, yeah it's my whole thing <laughs> I try to live my life as though I were you is um Oh, I'm basically sorry. the truth of it. I'm sorry. I well, do live my life as though I were Tim. I'm just saying. Yeah, since you're sort of picking through my garbage in the middle of the night. <laughs> 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 and I don't have a lot of garbage, so it's slim pickings. <laughs> so we go there very often. When you said maker's remorse, the first thing that came to my mind, and I am creating such a monster for myself with these stupid sliding barn doors. Right. And I have so much remorse over this. And now the remorse has gone past, I don't want to build it, and I'm irritated with that. But now it's because I've taken so long to build it, and I know I still have to. I'm mad at myself for taking so long. I mean, it's it's this, it's this horrible catch-22 circle, this funnel of dread that I've found myself in with this. And uh, i, I got to get these things done and just get it over with and go on with my life. Seriously. And once, once it's done... It's gonna be, be like, oh, why did I wait so long? And no, yeah. I already know, and that's that's one of the, another addition to that remorse layer is because I know that I know that it's just a matter of doing it and getting it done, you know. In fact, our buddy Billy, the other side. Uh, Billy McCord uh, texted me after last week's show because I was, I was crying and sniveling about the 
barn door. I think I have every episode since January. But anyway, yeah. he's like, hey, man, I've, I've been in a slump too, and i got to go out of town. But when I get back, we should, like, I'll text you, and we'll just, both of us, let's do this and, and make something. Get something going in the shop and, and do it. Because I, I hate that, that where I, I let a little thing that bugs me, a little remorse, turn into this gigantic, dramatic production of a remorse feeling. I mean, it's like, this is like Broadway now. It's this the full schmear production of remorse going on for me. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. That's a lot of schmear. Yeah. What and do you think a good schmear means? You, uh, it's the stuff you put on a bagel. Uh, it's not the stuff. It's It would be the verb of putting something on a bagel. You, no, if you, you go to Noah's bagel, they call their cream cheese schmear. Okay, well, that's, that's how I've I've heard it that way too. Where, where they you use put a it like smear of cream cheese on something. Well, you smear the cream cheese on. They say like, can I have a bagel with a smear? Smear of what? Right. They don't They're say le- that. You're leaving but, that unsaid. But that's the way I've heard it ordered. All right. That's so they're using it like a noun. Right, but it's not. But so it's Phil, not. you having a little uh, cream cheese remorse right now? <clears throat> I'm having a little personnel remorse. <laughs> That was what I what I had written down too when you was t- talking about remorse. It's just like all those times that you you know while you're doing something or while you're not doing something in Bill's case that you're doing it wrong. You yeah. know it, but you continue to go down that path anyways. And you know, for me, a lot of times it'll be like um, you have something screwed you screwed up or you need to fix or whatever. And like I, I'll use a guitar for example. Like you know, I'll string up a guitar and it's all playing good except for one fret's buzzing. So I know the right thing to do to take all the strings off and fix it probably, but instead I start trying to shove the file under the strings and see if I can get you know I don't bother <laughs> I don't bother taping up the, and then next thing you know you scratch the neck and there's a stain from where the metal shavings got stuck into the grain and you're scraping out and you're like and you know you're making more work for yourself by being lazy by not taking this one step you're giving yourself ten steps you know but you do it anyways and that's what I always have remorse and I I know it while I'm doing it you know and that's yeah. that's the most remorseful part is like I'm like. Here we go again. I'm gonna be an idiot. <laughs> well, then you then you allow other people to uh, compound the remorse because Marcus, after like I said, we went to the shooting range. And then we went to we stopped by Manifesta so he can see the new salon, and he very complimentary about everything that's in there. And, and says, "Yeah, and I know." I said, "In case he's like, you're still gonna make those doors, right?" And he's all, "You know, <laughs> we should have just." Marcus says, "Instead of going to the shooting range this morning, we should have just made those doors. I would have helped you get those done." I'm like, "Yeah, thanks. I got international remorse now." Thanks, guy. Thanks. Um, or you, you know, come on the podcast t- and tell your friends what you did, and then they both tell you like, "Well, I would have done this, or you should have done that, or why did you use the Brad nailer?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you the moron. Yeah, moron. <laughs> yeah, moron. Um, to Tim's point, my wife has an expression, and it goes like this: "Cheap is expensive, and expensive is cheap." Yeah, and that works with all kinds of things, but specifically in this case with time, right? So. You know, you tried to take up less time by doing it the quick and dirty way, and that ultimately take means that it takes way longer and costs you way more. Sometimes it's better just to bite the bullet, do it the right way, or pay the, the money, you know, versus trying to do it cheaply, and then uh, and then ultimately it's a savings, and or you're happy right away. Right. It is time, right. because you've got to invest that time. If you're going to do it quick and dirty, you got to invest the time on planning that out as well. I don't care how you do it. You can do it quick and dirty, but you still got to invest some time in there, because it will become more expensive if you don't. You can't just rush into it and start doing things, right? I mean, you have to, whether it's planning it out, whether it's doing it quick and dirty, whether you're going to make something really nicely finished, an actual woodworking project, whatever it might be, you have, the time is the one thing you can't skimp on. You really can't. Even if it's 10 minutes, just a little forethought to get it going, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think the investing the time is the, is the best way to ensure a good result. Um, you can buy all the materials you want. You can have the fanciest tools, but... If you don't take five minutes to really take a step back and, and you know, really think it through, um, like the pocket holes thing, yeah. I'm still remorseful about that, uh, <laughs> you know, then, then ultimately you're, you're just going to end up with, an, with a result that you're not happy with. You know, as much as we all love to build on the fly, sometimes an extra couple of minutes will save you a lot of grief in the long run. Yeah, it's true. You know? Huh. 
So, um, are there any other specific projects that either one of you has worked on where you said, oh man, I ruined that. I really should have done it differently. Um, I didn't have a project per se, but I had um, the, we, we've talked before about like clients and managing client expectations and whatnot. There's definitely been times that I've had clients where I took the job and it, like as I'm like saying, okay, I can do it for this price, I'm like, I'm not charging enough because this person's going to be a pain in my neck for two weeks at least. And um, I've definitely had some remorse on some jobs like that where it's been like, it's just a, you know, a net loss for like hair pulling. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, that yeah. unnecessary, as I know, Phil, I know you've had some, some stories like that as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the longer you do it, the, the, the more you try to get like, you know, I mean, but, you know, I, this is my only job. So it's like, sometimes you just got to take the work, you know, and it's just like, you're like, you, you're going to sign that contract, you know, you know, somewhat speaking and, and just be like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> you do what you got to do. And then you sometimes. take the deposit and, you know, you dig in. So I've, I've had a few of those. What, what about a simple finish? Painting, uh, clear coat, making it satin, make, just a finish you put on something, you're like, oh yeah, that was a mistake. Do you live with it? Do you, do you feel the remorse and just live with it because you don't want to put the extra effort into stripping it or sanding it all back down? Or, you know what I mean? Um, have we done that? Because that's something I I have done where I've, I've actually used a color scheme on something where I'm going to make it this color and I'm going to do it this way and I get, and about, even starting at that first couple of brush strokes, right? You're like, oh, this is not going to end well. And you keep going anyway. You know, instead of yeah, trusting of your instinct, you know. And then halfway through, you're like, oh, I should stop now because I'm only I'm only halfway. I can sand this all off or I can strip it down. And then you finish <laughs> it up thinking that just maybe that last buffing of the, the wax, right? Because it's pro- And you're like, nope, still looks like crap. Yep, still yeah. looks like crap. Yep. Yeah. Hey, serious question. Um, are you me? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, leave it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I sort of I write, I write off the project. The only time yeah. I've not left it if it's been a um, a client piece. Uh, again, I don't do very many of them, but there's been a few times where they just weren't happy with the finish. Love the love the product, love the way it was made, built, the design, everything. Just didn't like the finish, so you're paying for it I'll sand it back down but yeah when it's me it's like I should because I hate it but I'll just live with it and love it because I hate it I guess I don't know right well I don't really experiment all that much with finishes like I started off with spray lacquer I moved on to polyacrylic I've done oil based polyurethane a couple of times and I I love what oil based poly looks like after it cures you know like a month later but I hate waiting for the layers to cure it just takes so long um, and I love the way boil linseed oil makes wood look but it takes so long to cure so I land up with the plastic stuff or lacquers when when time is a crunch yeah I, I uh, I've also found the times I've had remorse about the finish that I've used that in three months I like it's great you know what I mean it's like that you, there is that time element that you have to take mm-hmm. into consideration but many times I've made something and I'm like ah this I don't know, the finish just kind of blows on this. And then, like, you know, a year later or something, you, like, go to use it, you pick it up, and you're like, oh, this thing feels great. You know, sometimes, like, <laughs> sometimes like the too, distance. Yeah. Quite often, too, it's that little bit of time goes by, and enough people come come over, and they say, oh, man, I love that. That looks great. You get enough people saying that, and after a while, you're like, you know what? It does look great. It just yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, you always, you not see once. that spot. You know, you, you're the only one that, not only, yeah. usually you're the only one, or sometimes you're the only one that sees that that thing about it but and then just the age too the patina on a finish like like you know like sh- shellac I always have problems that every time I do anything with shellac like I'm, yeah. I it dries so fast it's, it's quick and easy to work with and stuff but I'm always just like oh god I can't get the finish the way I want it but then a few months later it's like everything's just worked out just from being used and touched shellac and, ages you know. really well it does yeah yeah I had a just I, that's a good example um, I, I told you my pleather couch disintegrated so we bought the new couch on craigslist um the window bench the the izzy swan inspired cat condo i built out of my one of the dads gave me his dad's toolbox this big wooden crate i turned it into like a window bench and i liked it it was okay it had uh gray and and uh, a burgundy colored to it uh i liked it it was okay well 
Danny broke through the window. We got this new couch. Well, now we put the couch in front of the window so Danny doesn't go through it again because we got a new window. So the cat condo, which I thought I was going to upcycle into something else, Casey says, no, you're not doing that. I want this thing. Let's just use it as a coffee table. So now it's sitting in front of the coffee table or in front of the couch. And it's amazing. It's like that's what it should have always been. I didn't care for <laughs> it as a window seat, but it looks it yeah. looks really good. It matches the couch. It matches the 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 trim pillows and stuff like that. It's it's perfect. And she can put books inside of it now instead of the cats because you know we don't have any cats anymore. So, uh, but yeah, I mean this piece that I was like, hey, eh, hey, eh, you know, whatever. She loved so it. That, I was that like, perspective change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it looks yeah. amazing now, and, and so that that remorse went away. Interesting. I, I do like that, that sometimes using one thing for another thing sort of completely changes your perspective on it. I want to go back to uh, talking about shellac for a quick second. How do you guys apply it? Because I think that's my problem, but I want to know how you guys use it. You're supposed to apply it with a, 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 a bristle brush, right? I thought you a can, foam brush. Although um, I just use paper towel and I ruin it every time. Don't use paper towel because it comes apart. And the yeah. foam brushes will often come apart as well. Uh, and yeah. you get little black bits in there, which drive me nuts, although I do use that somewhere. You know what I usually do is I put a rubber glove on, and I just cut a little piece of a t-shirt, and I, I just dip the t-shirt right shellac? in there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I go one direction, and I don't go back, or I try not to go back. Yeah, um, that definitely, the, the one direction thing, let it dry, because you can sand it out. You're going to sand it anyway. Yeah. Um, but I thought real hair, not, not synthetic, but the real hair brushes for shellac. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's what I've always. Used. I think you. you we're well, supposed to use a brush, um, but I don't use brushes because then I end up having to clean them with stuff, and I just don't like to do that. So I basically only use brushes on water-based stuff, and anything that I that I'm using that's not water-based, I tend to use something that's disposable. And so I just really like like a two-inch square of cloth. That makes sense if it's cotton because you know, real hair is organic, right? Cotton would be organic, not synthetic or plastic. Yeah. Somebody's you know, gonna I mean, write and say, "No, you idiots are supposed to use a synthetic brush." You know. Yeah, or they're gonna say like, you know, T-shirts are destroying the environment because it's gonna act with the color <laughs> and, and who knows? I don't know, but but uh, that's that's what I use. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things to use is, uh, <laughs> and I'm running out of them now because Vance is getting older. But it's Vance's baby socks. They're always perfect. Like, and it's even still because you you can slide it over your fingers like a glove and just dip it right into the whatever you and, and, and huh. rub it on and. I love children's socks. You probably uh, have a whole bunch of them. I do, and you've offended Bill. I don't know where he went. No, I, I, uh, I'm, I, I just bought new socks, so my other socks now go into the rag bin, so they don't have oh, to yeah, be kid no, it's, socks. They're made out of the same stuff. Yeah, no, I use adult socks too, but the kid ones are just, they're nice because they're smaller, so you don't feel as wasteful. Usually what I'll do is I'll cut the, the top section off, so I have that, yep. and I can cut it in half. That becomes a rag, and then just the foot part becomes the glove put over and you can yeah. use it for different things yeah. and I tend to use this more for like waxing the car than anything else I have yeah I have it in my pace wax I have a sock yeah, me too and so yeah. I, whenever I'm done I close the lid with the sock in there and I pull it out I put the sock on my hand and oh yeah after yeah. a while you get three or four years worth of soaking up in that sock and yeah it's like yeah yeah the, and you yeah. don't even need to dip it anymore I have all my homemade waxes and stuff too we each have a sock in them and so I pull that out here's our <laughs> tip for the week <laughs> this is our tip for the week totally yeah so you, you could take that sock out of there and you just like if you just like, have, have something small you need to buff up you don't even have to dip it in you just nope. it's already it's already six months of wax in there. I wonder if now I should use the shellac finish instead of the because I was gonna I have my uh, my HVLP gun I was gonna do a polycrylic spray, but if I use the shellac that means I can skip the boiled linseed oil step. Yeah, you, I would I would skip the boiled linseed oil step because that's what's going to take. If you're in a rush, that's going to take time anyways. Well, you don't really want to. But if the, you're not in a rush, this is a good chance to shellac a big service and play with it, right? And the if you use the polyacrylic, it's going to not affect the color that much. It's going to keep it pretty white, but the shellac will warm it up. Um, yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, even that's the what, clear shellac. That's what I was doing the boiled linseed oil for was to yeah. really pop the grain and sort of yeah. amber it up a little bit. Yeah, man. Yeah, grab grab a couple socks out of your kid's drawer and. Like if you a table that size, if you yeah. if you start on one end, and you go all one direction. Um, yeah. By the time you get to the end, you have enough time to like take the sock off, have a cup of coffee, and then go back and like, you know, three twenty sand it and do it again. Do, uh -huh. You'll be able to get four of them done in an hour. Hmm. Okay, I think that might be the move. Yeah. And, it's, and like it'll say, be dry. And it'll be dry an hour after that. You can put your you can put your laptop on it an hour after that. and You're not going to scratch it. You already screwed it up, so you don't have to worry about it, right? Yeah. I'm wondering if the amber shellac will fix that yellow spot a little bit. 
No. You know that no, corner? No, you'll it's, always it's see gonna, that Unless you make more of those and look like you did it on purpose, it's going to just stand out as a reminder for your remorse. Well, that's I do want that. I, do, I don't yeah. like to shy away from mistakes that I've made. I like for them to be Sign it, reminders. Sign it and put a date. That's an awful idea, but I will in my mind <laughs> remember to slow down. To Own do that, right. man. Own it, Phil. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is I should have taken this opportunity to go down to the lumber yard and buy some boards and really make a desk, you know, and I probably will do that if I decide to spend some money on this home office thing, but for now... This is a ten dollar desk, and hopefully, it looks like it's a fifteen dollar desk. You know what I mean? If if you yeah, don't believe me, the 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 desk and the writing table that I built for Casey, I am purposely sanded out that nice finished plywood to give it some of those extra marks on it. And I, if you go under the yellow, there's probably a red layer under that as well. So if yeah. you want to play with it, you can look at look at my video. You learn, but I think you've seen it. You see, saw it in the office. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's I've, it's, I've sat at that desk. Oh, that's right, you did. That's right. That's right. I reached out and touched you through the computer. Also in person. Um, okay. On that note. I like, I like where we're at on that. Um, I like that we ended this segment with you being awkward and gross. It's usually someone else. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm remorseful. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> worked out well. I, on the other hand, uh, have no problem with any of that. So, so you know. I well aware, well aware. Uh, <laughs> iTunes review review. Let's see here. We got one. We, got? we have one. Yep. I can do it. Okay. By all means. All right. Um, so fave five star means it's going to get read by Nate seven one one seven three. Thank you, Nate. Starts off. If you like the Ricky Gervais show, you'll love these guys. Bill Pinsky is brainy Ricky Gervais. Bill Lutz is the existential Carl Pilkington. And Tim Sway is Stephen Merchant. He's a hippie. But he's also freakishly tall, like Merchant. No, honestly, these guys have obviously accidentally stumbled upon a formula that is well established and works great. Sorry, Tim, I had to. You're not a freak, and we all love you. Seriously, though, Ricky Gervais is getting bent out of shape over Carl Pilkington's absurdities. Totally reminds me of this podcast. I'm okay with anything comparing us to anything that Ricky Gervais has ever done because I think that guy's hilarious. I love that guy. I, Ricky I agree Gervais with that point. Comedic but genius. here's where I take offense. Okay. We accidentally stumbled upon a formula. No, yeah, sir. Hey. no obviously, no, sir. obviously, accidentally. That means it was that purposely was deliberate. Deliberate to accidentally stumble. And I'm getting older nice. now. I stumble a little more than I used to. We're all good. It's okay. Don't get mad. I designed this podcast <laughs> purposefully. <laughs> there's only there's only one little detail that we may or may not have mixed up. <laughs> and if you think about it, I kind of yeah. stumbled onto this podcast, right? You, well, I think you were drunk at the time, so I think it's true. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe wait, 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 wait. I I may have been. Drunk I was gonna say I, I think yes. you were drunk. Yeah. yeah. I think I was drunk, and I was like, Bill Lutz, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> it seriously took some convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it did actually if I think back on it I, I remember thinking that Bill was a great hype man at the time and that that was that was a great reason for, like we all had sort of a purpose um, you know I thought that Tim and I what? would butt heads a lot more and then that was going to be sort of the focus of the podcast and that Bill would be more of the kind of like yeah kind of guy and then who who end up being the hype man kind of thing yeah, I think I think what we were looking for for a third person was was someone with numbers too to help draw an audience. And yeah. so and but then Bill, yeah. but then with Bill we were like, well Bill doesn't have like this huge audience per se, but Bill has the ability to go out and and interact and and promote yeah. and sell and we thought that that was better than just having someone like naturally bring their numbers with them because we <laughs> At this well, point, we'll learn better for next time. At this point, it's like, you know, we really thought we'd have somebody that would help the podcast to be beneficial. Eh, we got Bill. What the heck? Yeah. Basically. That. Yeah, that's I'm what we're saying. No, but, that. You know, the truth is, is Bill in the early days really was um, building the audience for us because you were so loud and vocal on all those um, those Magnanimous. Facebook groups. I think it, yes. it really sort of 
gave us a huge boost, and I think I do credit Bill for that. Oh, Absolutely, because neither of us were the type that you were too busy with work, and like, and I just not that type of person to be like, oh, hey, come listen to us. Like, that's just right. not my personality. You were busy telling you know. people not to watch your videos because you don't care. I remember, yeah. I remember those days. I remember those days. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't telling him not to watch, but I was. I yeah, kind of were. Kind of were. I remember. No, you I was. Saying, I was basically, I'm building this. Financing. I don't care if you like it. Don't watch my video, or I'll come after you. And I'm a, and I'm a pacifist. Well, and I'll come after you. Anyway. I don't. I don't know about the come after you part. I still basically feel that way that I, I, I make these chicken. videos. Don't come after the chickens. Come after your chickens, man. You better watch these videos. <laughs> the chickens are gonna get it. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's the uh, that's the old iTunes review review weekly tip segment. Socks, socks. socks. We yeah. got two that we've already covered: socks and buckets. So yep. yeah, socks make great finish applicators um, and shop rags. And plastic buckets are high density poly. What is it? Polyethylene. Polyethylene. Thank you. And it's just a great plastic. You know, it's um, it's very useful, and you can just even though those buckets are round, they don't have to be. So, yeah, I think just the idea of using the heat gun with with that plastic just to kind of flatten it out, and it gives you a multitude of of applications, right? I like that. I think well, you know, because every something. Everybody, you know, is is digging into the recycling bins and pulling out the plastic coffee things and the in the jugs of um, you know laundry detergent and whatnot. And, right, right, right. And I was messing around with that for a while and melting it down, and I just it just didn't feel like it was worth it. Like the energy and the in the time and the washing to get all mm-hmm. those recyclables out of that. You know, so it's like uh, you know what, maybe it's better off recycling this stuff than trying to make things out of it. But then there's. There's a lot of these buckets and dumpsters too, man. And they're fully they're the same plastic, they're 100% recyclable, but they're if you if people aren't recycling them and they you know they have concrete dust in them or whatever and uh, they're just they're great it's that same exact plastic and um, already like ready to go, ready to use, you know. It's like I, I think the, too. the thickness, yeah, the yeah. thickness difference is, is uh, applications be different. So, uh, Barn Rat, this is what I want from you. I want a video of you making clipboards out of buckets. You're welcome. Barn rat usually yeah. clipboards out of buckets. I imagine if you heated them up enough, you would just have to, if you cut the shape, yeah, heat it up yeah. enough, and then just wait it and let it cool. Get it flat. It'll be, get it to where it's flat yeah. and it's cool, and now you've got a, a perfect little thing. You can buy the clipboard part on Amazon. And just it, zip, zip. It, might be, it might be too thin to just do the one piece can of it. Can you rivet a couple of layers together? Or melt a couple layers together. Is well, I think like, riveting is actually way better. Less energy, and you're not uh, off-gassing anything. Good job, Phil. Yeah. Yay. You know what would be actually really kind of cool, too, would be to do, like, a stitch. Like, a big stitch Ooh. all the way around the edge of it. Like, like leather work. With rivets. Yes, I agree with you, Tim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tip segment. Uh, Score! Yeah. We did that. Uh, Tim, what... um, Actually, I'm going to go to Bill. Bill, what grabbed your attention this week? Uh, A couple of things. Um, One, I don't know how many times we've talked about... One of the things we don't do on our podcast is... This is not a podcast about how to sharpen your plane or blades, right? For an hour and a half. Um, It's not a podcast on what kind of finish to use, even though we've, we've talked about all of these things... It's it's really hard to have a video or a po- so Izzy Swan and Mike Klingspor just made a 25 minute video I don't know half an hour ago about sandpaper and I just thought I'd mention that <laughs> so Mike if you're listening buddy uh, you're welcome to have us talk about your sandpaper on our podcast talk to Phil we'll figure out the details and then the other thing that caught my attention um, uh, floating around I see Matt Duresta is not kind of like me he stepped back away from the the huge like just being loud and everything and, and he's kind of doing his own thing making some his skill levels are, are amazing uh, watching him grow the things he's making for clients in Hollywood and then I noticed that he's in a relationship and I didn't realize that so congratulations Matt uh, he's now posting pictures of holding hands and being happy and smiling and I love that congratulations brother and that's all I got nice okay Tim um, I first off have a correction 
for last week, my suggestion was uh, uh, the guy on Instagram that does the things where he sings along with a guitar, and I and I said it Arvo wrong. or something, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Arvo. It's Armov, A R M O V, Armov music, all one word. So I, I said that wrong, and I apologize for anybody that was like looking for that. So go check that out because this stuff is really cool. And then um, I guess the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, you were talking about him earlier, Bill. Uh, Peter Brown's um, uh, Hammer. He made, yeah, a, for he made a Savage. hammer out of Adam Savage's book called Everything is a Hammer, which I I love that type of... I mean, I, I made hammers out of nails, so that's like right up my alley to begin with, you know? And uh, I just love that sort of like meta type stuff. I thought that was yeah, great. He, and he, I, he got and some was, kudos from it. Adam Savage as well. Adam gave him a couple yeah. of shout-outs, put it on his page and stuff. And also, I want awesome. to say that, that Izzy video with Mike Klingspor, it's on Izzy's second channel. It's called What Is He Up To? He has a like a side channel. So. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Anyway, nice. Bill, what are you doing, man? What's going on? What caught your attention besides my my new haircut that you didn't even notice? I noticed it. Um, I um, I caught a Pask makes video about how to make a, a homemade dowel plate. Nice. And basically, all you need is some wood and a, a piece of like I don't know quarter inch thick mild steel. And I happen to have one, so I thought I would uh, I, I tried this out. It looked pretty cool. Um, and I. Always wanted to play more with through dowels and stuff like that. So, uh, great video, and I love uh, I love Pask. He makes the yeah, best videos. Every, everything he's he does, so is great, amazing. Yeah, yeah, very good videos. Excellent cinematography. The projects are great. Yeah, well, he's, and he's, he's also, always using like scrap wood. Yeah, or he's the ultimate reclaimer. He's the ultimate reclaimer. He t- I God, he took out what an old mailbox one time and made a complete something out. But it was just he's the ultimate reclaimer. Awesome. Yeah, he's great. I love him. Mm. Um, and super nice guy too. Yeah. Uh, so glad to see he's getting the respect that he uh, or the, the the subscriber count that he deserves because his videos are great. Um, so that's where I'm on that, and that's it. So our channels: ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio iTunes reviews, need them, need to have them, send them our way. There is a link on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, where you're, uh, you just click on it, the iTunes will pop up, and you can just put in a review, and if you leave one for five stars, in fact, only leave one for five stars, and then we will get to read it out loud on the uh, on the podcast. And then patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio, the absolute best way to keep us on the air. And for as little as $1 per episode, you get access to the pre-show where you hear the meticulous planning of each week's episode. I mean, you are talking about some serious forethought. I mean, months ahead. It's it's just a tremendous experience to be a part of, if I may be so bold. It is like a time-traveling experience. That's a callback to this one. And... Uh, and they're making fun of me, so that's fun. And there uh, might be some, there might be some actual remorse of that too. So, well, there's yeah. remorse. <laughs> a lot of remorse today. A lot of remorse today. Can, can I add one thing that uh, would really help as well? We haven't said it often enough, and maybe we should. Is uh, don't be afraid to share our podcast. If you like it, share a link out there. That's one of the things they said they got me to join to begin with. Is is being loud, making noise, and putting it out there. So we would really love it if anybody had an extra 10 seconds to share a link say hey this week's reclaimed audio was amazing check it out we would love that share i would share yours share okay and on that note thank you bill and thank you to all of our listeners so have a great week guys bye everybody be good just just be good <laughs>